Welcome to the Life Point Church podcast. So we appreciate not only you being here, but people that are watching this morning on YouTube and Facebook, and believe that uh, they're going to get something good too. So I, I have this ring of keys that go to all the doors here in this facility. So I can access all the doors. As you can see, there's a lot of keys on there. Um, but then I have this ring of keys. has just a few other keys, but it has what we would call a master key. I mean, you know, the master key is easier than all those other keys. Well, there are some things when it comes to receiving things from God. It, there are some things when it comes to living a blessed life. There are some things to living in victory, and they're keys. And they're different ones. Like, faith is one of the greatest keys, right? But there's actually a greater key. There's a master key. And it's actually the key I'm going to talk about this morning. And we are um, in a series here over the last few weeks, and we're actually just now in the middle of it. It's week five. Now, we usually do about three, four weeks, but this is longer so we're halfway through um, this series this morning. And so we started in the book of Exodus, and we learned that God's people were in bondage for nearly 500 years, and God miraculously delivered them, brought them out of their slavery, brought them out of their bondage, and he was taking them from not having a land, not being a people, into a promised land that God had promised them. And so God led them out of Egypt, and he led them into the wilderness just across the river from the promised land. And so they come into, about three months into this journey, they come to the wilderness in Sinai, and God begins to call Moses, their leader, up to the top of the mountain. And this is what they said, Moses, and it was dramatic fashion. So the Bible says it like this, there was thunder, there was lightning, there was loud noises. And so the people said, Moses, you go talk to God, come back and tell us what he said because we're scared. And Moses said, there's no reason to be scared. God just wants to prove you so you won't sin. So what he was saying was, God just wants to. So we, we can look at, this, look at it this way. God brought you out of Egypt. Now he's given you his word to keep you from living a lower life or living in sin to living a, a successful life or a blessed life. Now, it's interesting. I want to say this. I know I've said it every week, but God did not give them the Ten Commandments. When he called Moses up, God gave him the Ten Commandments. He brought them back to the people. But he did not give them to them in Egypt because they didn't have to obey something to be delivered. They were just delivered by the miraculous hand of God. It's the same in our lives. Um, God didn't give us the word to bring us deliverance. Jesus delivered us, and Jesus saved us, and Jesus freed us. He gave us his word to live a blessed life, to live above sin, to live the principles. And so that's what the Ten Commandments are. They're still relevant today, but there's principles principles in those, um, in those 10 commandments. And we've been looking at them each week. And so we're calling this series, The List. And so we started and we've learned that there's some principles in the first commandment was the principle of priority. No God's before him. Amen. Yeah. And we learned the principle of passion, which means don't worship anything else. Uh, we looked at the principle of dealing with our pride, which the Bible says, don't speak. Uh, don't look at Yahweh as common. Um, last weekend uh, was the, the fourth week, and, and we, we learned this, that um, there's a principle of rest. We even talked about it on Wednesday night. And how, how many know that's, that's been a good one, right? So we're going to get to the fifth one here this morning. Halfway through, we're going to keep plugging through these. So are you ready? Here we go in, in verse, whoop, there we go, like that. In verse 12, in verse 12, it says this, honor your father and your mother that your days would be long on the land which the Lord God is giving you. Honor your father and mother. It, in these last few um, 
commandments, we also see references in the New Testament to them. Jesus said something interesting. They said, Jesus, out of all these commandments, sum them up. What's the most important? And Jesus said this, love God with everything and love your neighbor like yourself. It sums up all these laws. But but let's look what Ephesians says. It, it, It references this same commandment. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord for it's right. So if your kid's with you, nudge them. Say it's right. Look at verse 2. Honor your father and mother. This is referencing this commandment. It's the first commandment with a what? It's the first one that actually shares a promise. Verse 3 tells us what the promise is. That it would be well with you and you would live long on the earth. There's the promise. Live long, live well. How many know there's no use living long if you don't live well? He didn't say, I'm going to give you a long, drudging, remorseful life. He said, I'm going to give you a long life, but I want it to be well. We find out that it says that later in the Bible, it says, above all things, I want you to what? Be well, prosper. Prosper, like your life prosper, like your mind is prospering. So why would God focus here on honoring your father and mother? Here's why. It's because your father and mother represent God. It represents authority. It represents God's authority. And so most of them did not enter the promised land. A whole generation missed the promised land because they missed the principle of honor. Completely missed it, and they didn't enter the promised land. Now, there's an interesting uh, point here for us to learn that if you're a son or a daughter and you're still at home, the command for you is to obey. Well, once you're older, maybe not in the home, the commandment is isn't to obey, but it's to respect. So to obey and to respect, this is the principle, um, this is the commandment that God's showing us here in in the fifth commandment. And here's why God's zeroing in on this is because while you're at home, if you don't learn honor, it only gets worse the older you get. It only is going to get worse. Your your life, the disrespect for authority, the the dishonor, the missing the principle of honor, if we're not learning it in the home environment, it's only going to get worse at school, at work, everywhere else. And so we see God saying here to us that there's this principle to honor our father and mother. Now, every one of these principles have what I call a face value, and then there's this underlying principle. So the face value here to us is honor your father and mother. The underlying principle is just the word honor. It's really what this principle is about. Here's what the word honor means, that you treat something with weight, or you treat something with respect, or you treat something as weighty. And so we're going to dive into just not honoring your mother and father, but really the principle of honor. So the reason why God talks about your mother and father, now remember, they went from being slaves with no, with no rights of their own, and now they're getting freedom. And God says to keep your freedom and, and to keep living above uh, sin and, and, and to keep living blessed, these are just some principles. And one of the principles I believe is one of the biggest keys in the Bible is the key of honor. And I I said this, I think, last week. Every one of us in here have broken all the commandments. That's why we need grace. We've broken them all. And and this is one I think that people don't understand. And if you would learn this one, it's the key. I'm going to prove to you it's the key for everything you can receive in your life. I'm going to prove that to you for for a few moments. So so here, here we go. Look at Matthew chapter 10. And this is actually one of my favorite things to teach on. So you've probably heard me teach on this. Actually, I have right now, I have our staff and our AMP. Uh, our AMP students doing some honor training right now. 
And it, it really is life-changing. So if you're a staff member or you are an amper, you can say amen right there and make me, make me feel confident. Thank you. Um, <laughs> verse 40, look what it says. Whoever receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. Verse 41, he who receives a prophet, everyone say prophet. prophet. In the name of a prophet, they receive a prophet's what? And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man, they receive a righteous man's. And whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, surely I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. So we can lose our rewards. God wants us to be rewarded, but we see here we can lose some of our rewards. And so here's this word honor, and it, it, and it tells us in this scripture that honor, which means to treat something as weighty, or as with respect, it actually flows in three directions. And I love, a lot of times I'll, I'll get a chance to speak to a, a sports team, and I always use some of this, right? So the first direction of honor flows is upward. Everyone say upward. And, and it says right here, there, there is the prophets. On, there's honoring the prophets, and you get a prophet's reward. And so it's talking about leadership. So in our lives, an upward flow of honor obviously starts with who? God. God, we honor God. How do we honor God? We honor the word of God. We honor the ways of God. We honor the will of God. Here's what I want you to get, though. Honor includes these three things, your words, your thoughts, and your actions. Did y'all get that? The combination of your words, your thoughts, and your actions. I can say to you, I honor you, but if my thoughts are like, you're a bozo, it's not honor. I, I can be honoring you in my thoughts and not honor you with my actions. That, that doesn't count. Honor is words, thoughts, and actions. Now, I, I, I want to just tell you here that honor is an, it's not an anointing. It's a choice. It's an absolute choice. It's not a feeling. It's an absolute choice. So when we honor upward, we honor God. And I don't think anyone has a problem with that. But when we honor upward, it also includes leadership in our life. And the Bible speaks of four different, four different areas of leadership that we honor. I'll just tell them to you. Here, here, here's, a, here's the first one. This is a big one. Um, civil leadership. Here's what I mean by that. that that's government. So let me meddle for a moment. I believe that as a believer, we ought to be the most honorable people. Now, the problem is in America, we're a democratic society. Okay. Other parts of the world, they understand the chain of authority a little bit better because it's not so democratic. Now, I'm glad we have democracy, but sometimes the freedom to have an opinion or the freedom to have our rights should never escalate or elevate above the principle of honor. Here's what I mean by that. Um, we get to elect our officials. We get to elect, let's just say, we get to elect the president of the United States. And I'm telling you, I've interacted with believers who are so dishonorable toward the president it's sinful. It actually is sinful. Now, you don't have to agree with everything. You don't have to like everything that our president or our governing officials do, but we've got to watch what we say. We've got to watch what we think. The Bible says pray for him. Now, listen to this. The Bible says every bit of leadership is God-delegated. doesn't mean they're always godly, but it means they're delegated by God. And there have been presidents that I didn't like personally didn't vote for him, didn't like how they did things, but I had to watch my tongue and I had to watch my actions. And I, I've got friends, ministry friends who will go online, Facebook, social media outlets, and just thrash them. Guys, I'm telling you, the Bible calls it sin. 
So we need to be supportive. It doesn't mean you have to agree with everything. And we have a president now that he does some great things. He does some things to make your head scratch. Every president's been like that. But we've got to be honorable. Why? Because the Bible says it's an upward honor. And then there are social leaders. Social leaders are our coaches, our teachers. And, and, and if we've noticed anything in the classroom, we've lost all honor for that profession. So those will be our bosses. I mean, what about your boss? Do you honor your boss? The Bible even teaches that we don't have to agree with everything. And even if they're harsh to us, we still have to honor. The only time we don't honor them is if they demand that we do something sinful. Then we do not have to obey. Otherwise, what this means to you and I is sometimes you got to go home. you got to hold your tongue, go home, and work on your attitude. Because the comm- it, these are not the ten suggestions. These are the ten commandments. Then there's leadership in the home. There there has to be honor in the home with the husband and the wife and the parents. And the Bible says right here very clearly, it's a promise if we learn to honor long life and it goes well. Now, have you ever noticed, you can look at some families and just, you can watch one of the children have a blessed life and the other one just have a series of just crazy events. And a lot of it just has to do with this honor principle. Or you, you, you see one child, someone's child just do so honorably because there's this principle of honor. Everyone say honor. honor. To treat as weighty. And then there's spiritual leadership, which is obviously church leadership, pastors. And I will tell you that um, what the Bible tells us to do for leadership is, is this word that we don't think much about, but we, we struggle with it. It's a word called submission. To be subject to. And sometimes this is hard for me to talk about because I'm not trying to get you just because I'm your pastor. You better listen to me. But I, I'm trying to teach you a principle that we have to honor leadership, especially in the church world. And I will just be straight up with you. In the demographic that we live in, there's a problem with this. We see churches splinter, fall apart, dissect, divide all the time. Why? It's because we have not learned to be subject and to submit. Listen to this. The submission is not for the leader. It's actually for you. I'm going to prove to you in a moment what, what, it, what it does for you. And so there, there, there's this direction that honor flows that's upward that we always honor. That doesn't mean that we, we can't have our own thoughts. But man, when we start talking and strifing and dividing, we're absolutely ruining, destroying, and shattering this principle. And we want to shout about God being good to us. This is what God said. You're about to go into your own land. I'm going to tell you some things that are going to keep you above sin. They're going to keep you blessed and keep you successful. What he's saying is some of these things will get you into sin, and some of these things will keep you from a full blessing. Are you all still with me? Now, now it also flows, the Bible says it flows outward too, because when it says righteous ones, that's your peers. The Bible says honor all. We're to walk in honor with each other. We're to walk in honor, especially in the house of God with our brothers and sisters. But we're supposed to honor every human. And then it says we honor down to the little ones. That would be anyone that's under you. So honor actually has a flow. It actually has directions to it. But it's to treat those around you with weight and thought and word and an action. So, so laying that principle down, I want to tell you three things or two things honor does and one thing that dishonor destroys. My three main points, if you're taking notes. So it's been good so far, right? Y'all got the principle of honor? As believers, we got to look into the word of God. We're chasing revelation. And revelation says honor. And I will say that I want our church to be so healthy. I'm not after the biggest church, but I'm after the healthiest one around. Not in competition, just because we're going to build this thing on the word. Not just pick out things we want here and there. And we got to build it on honor. And here's the deal. There's nothing will affect your pride like honor. 
Nothing will challenge your opinions like honor. So we got to keep honor this way, keep honor this way, and keep honor that way. And it's not an anointing, it's a choice. So here's the three things. Here's the first thing honor does. Honor activates blessings. Honor activates blessings. Let's say it. Honor activates blessings. This is why I said it's, it's, it's probably the master key. It will activate the blessings of God in your life. Now, don't get religious on me because just, just be real. How many like to be blessed? Okay. All right. But the Bible says that you're the blessed of the Lord. He wants to bless you. He calls you blessed. Back in Genesis, he said, I put my blessing on you. He went to the cross to get the curse off of you to get the blessing back on you. So God wants you to be blessed, a spiritual blessing, a physical blessing, a financial blessing. It's all through scripture. But what activates that in our life? Honor does. If you say, give me a master key to unlock financial blessing or give me a master key to unlock spiritual blessing, guess what it is? It's the principle of honor. I'm honoring the word of God, the will of God, and the ways of God. For example, how about financial? What does it say in Proverbs? Honor the Lord with your first fruit. Malachi, honor the Lord with your tithes. Honor the Lord with your offerings. What does it do? It activates the blessing. In Malachi, it goes on and says, if you start doing that, if you start honoring him that way, it allows him to protect everything you have and open the windows of, of support and resource and blessing in your life. It's the word honor. Treat it with weight. Treat the word of God. You know, the most important thing in our lives ought to be the words of Jesus. Amen. This is a book that will keep you, it, it will keep you married well, Blessed well, emotionally well, mentally well, socially well, relationally well. It'll just keep you well. You live by this word, you will not fall apart. I heard someone say, if the pages of this book are falling apart, your life won't be. What that means is you wore out the pages of the word of God. Thought, word, and deed. So honor activates blessing. Look what 1 Samuel says, chapter 2, verse 3. Therefore, the Lord of Israel says this, I say indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. But now the Lord says this, far be it from me. Now listen to what he says. Those of you who honor me, God will honor. If you honor God, treat the word, the ways, and the will of God as weighty, what will God do in return? He will honor you. We just read a moment ago, if you honor a prophet, you get the prophet's reward. Let me say this way. If you honor the president, you get the president's reward. If you honor your pastor, you get the pastor's reward. If you honor your, your, your coach, you get, you get a leadership reward if you honor them. But God honors you out of how you honor. Because look at the last of, of that verse. It says, if you honor me, I'm going to honor you. But if you despise me, I'm going to lightly esteem you. If we're going to honor things the right way, in other words, this is how I'll put it down, um, honor determines what manifests most in your life. What manifests most in your life and my life is determined how we honor. Isn't that good? So we can determine the level of blessing that comes in our life by us being in what? Honor, the master key, this principle of treating those things with weight, not as common. Those things should not be just common in our life. They should be weighty in our lives. And look what the word says. It's the first commandment, not suggestion, but it's the first commandment with a what? A promise. To live long, and he was talking about going into a land. You're going to be in that land. You're going to live long, and things are going to be well with you. I don't know about you. I'd like to live long and like things to be well. Well, what's the key to that? Honor. 
it activates that blessing of God. Let's look at Romans real quick. Romans chapter 13 says, let every soul be subject to governing authorities. There's no authority unless it comes from where? God. Um, And the authorities that exist, they're what? Appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists authority resists the ordinance of God. If we resist authority in word, action, and thought, we're resisting the ordinances of God. We're resisting the commandments of God. We're resisting the words of God. Therefore, whoever resists that authority, you're actually resisting God. You're not resisting the leader. You're resisting God. And the Bible, last time I read the Bible said, if we'll oppose God or resist God, guess what? We put ourselves in opposition, but when we humble ourselves, God exalts us, blesses us. The, the word humble is a military word, and it means this. I bring myself under the rank of the word of God. Do y'all got that? It's my job to do what? Humble myself. I just keep bringing my life, my opinions, my thoughts, all this, my experiences, and I bring it under the word of God. I don't elevate it against God. Well, I'll just tell you what my opinion. That's what our problem is. I'll tell you what my opinion is. I'm just what I think. No. What's the opinion of the Bible? What's the opinion of the word of God? What's the opinion of Jesus? I bring myself under that. That's humility. Because we think this, well, God humbles us. He crashes us into a pole. He puts sickness on our life. It's to keep us humble. That's not in the Bible. That's religion. God said, you take the word of God, let it correct you, humble yourselves, get under rank. And sometimes we fuss with it. We get, but keep bringing yourself under rank. That's honoring the word of God. And out of that, I'll exalt you with blessing is what the word of God said. Romans goes on and says, uh, It says this, and those who resist it, they actually bring judgment on themselves. So we could say it this way, that honor results in you walking into your destiny. Because it was what he was saying, this will bring you into the promised land This will bring you into the success zone. This will bring you into Canaan. I brought you out of slavery. What's going to bring you and keep you blessed in the promises? This principle of honor. What does it do in your life? It activates the blessing of God. You want the blessing of God activated in your life? Honor. Second one. Here we go. Honor attracts favor. Did you all get that? That you should shout right there. It attracts the favor of God. It activates blessing and it attracts the favor of God. Look at this in 2 John Chapter uh, or verse eight, it says, look to yourself. That means evaluate your own life that we don't lose those things we work for, but we we would receive a what? Full reward. Now, I love John Bevere teaches on this. He says, if it says full reward, then that means there's no reward, partial reward, or full reward. That would be like Christmas time saying, do you want all the packages? None of them? (laughs) Or just a couple of them. Try telling that to your kid. I mean, it's your choice. I mean, you know, we can just skip it. You can have a few, or you can have them all. If your kid says, oh, father, mother, you've been such a blessing, I just, uh, I humbly say, I don't need any. You need to give that kid a drug test right there on the spot, because that doesn't happen. So the Bible says that, here's the deal. The Bible says we seek God, and when we seek him, here's something we miss. He's a rewarder of those who seek him. Now, we seek him, we don't seek rewards, but in our seeking of him, in our honoring of him, guess what happens? It activates the full reward in our life. How well we honor. No honor, no reward. Some honor, some reward. Full honor, full reward. What's the reward? It attracts the favor of God. What's the favor of God? 
It's the unmerited, unearned, undeserved goodness of God directed at somebody by a superior who cannot repay him. That's what favor is. It's the same thing as grace. I don't know about you, but I want the favor attracted to my life. The fa- when you, you read in Scripture, there's some things the favor of God does. It gives you unusual victories that you can't explain. It changes policies that you can't predict. It elevates you. I mean, look at the life of Joseph. He kept honoring, and God kept elevating him. It got him to his destiny. It attracted the favor of God to his life. They found him in a pit. He was sold into slavery, uh, unjustly thrown into prison. And when you get at the end of the story, he's, he's the ruler over all the land. That's the favor of God. And if you find yourself in a pit, feel like you've been imprisoned, unjustly treated, guess what? You keep honoring what will happen. It will attract the favor of God to your life. It's like a magnet. What does a magnet do? It attracts the favor and the blessings of God. That's what uh, uh, the, the, uh, the principle of honor does. It attracts, if these are all the blessings of God, the Bible calls them spiritual blessings. We could list some. Financial, emotional, peace, joy. All these blessings, they're all here. And what, what, what attracts them to our life? Well, they're just there, osmosis, God waves, his Disney wand, and it just happens. <laughs> or if I'm just a good enough person. No, grace provides it. But what attracts grace to our life? Honor does. It attracts all these blessings to our life. And God's all right with you being blessed. And we've learned this, it honors the seed to access to the things for our destiny. It's the access to the things that bless our life. But listen to me, you cannot honor what you don't value. If you don't value it, you cannot honor it. I had a friend of mine who said this one time. He said, if we honor God with our life, God will honor us in our life. He'll honor us in our life. Let me make this statement. I'm going to go to the last point. The most dominant mark of wisdom is you knowing who to honor and how to honor. That's the most dominant mark of wisdom in your life and my life is to know who I'm supposed to honor and how I'm supposed to honor them. Now, I assume and I hope that you would like your life to be marked by wisdom. The Bible said you can be wise or you can be a fool. It's an open book test. I want to be wise. But the dominant mark of wisdom is I know who to honor and I know how to honor them. If you want life to be marked by dominance of wisdom, and wisdom is another key, but learning to honor is the master key. It's the access. It's the seed to access. So what have we said? Honor means you treat something with weight. You treat it with respect. It flows upward to God and leadership. It flows outward to our peers. It flows downward to those under us. What's it do? It activates the blessing of God. It's the key to activating the blessing of God. It, is, uh, it also um, attracts the favor of God. And here's the last point, and this is an important one. So if there's honor, and it means you treat something with weight, what's the opposite of honor? It's dishonor. What's dishonor? To dis the honor. To treat something is way too common. So if we're going to dishonor, here's what happens. Here's the last point. Dishonor repels faith. It actually repels faith. So if I will not... If I will not honor upward to the word, the will, and the ways of God, I'm repelling faith. I cannot have faith in God if I'm going to repel that. Um, if, I'm not, if I am dishonoring the leadership, I'm dishonoring the peers, I'm dishonoring to those under me, well, it, it actually repels faith. And so if honor activates the blessing, it's the master key to blessing, if honor attracts 
the favor of God, what does dishonor do? It repels faith. I'm going to prove it to you. Matthew chapter 6. I know you know this, but it says, now it's talking about Jesus. And look what it says. Now Jesus could do no mighty works there in his hometown. He could do no mighty works. Now wait a minute. Jesus is God's son. God can do anything. What did we see Jesus doing? Did he not heal some lepers? Did he not heal some blind people? Did, did Jesus not raise dead people from the grave? That's pretty much a list of impossibilities. But he gets in his own hometown, and it doesn't say Jesus wouldn't do. It says he couldn't do. God was restrained. Jesus was incapable of doing anything mighty there except he laid his hands just on a few sick people and healed them. He couldn't do any massive miracles, maybe just a few headaches he healed in his own hometown. And then look what verse 6 says. And, people, and Jesus marveled at their unbelief. So what kept them from being able, him being able to do that? Unbelief. They did not believe. They were looking at Jesus in his own hometown and said, isn't this the carpenter? Hey, this is Mary's little boy. This is the guy who used to run with her kids. This, and they missed the anointing on his life. And look what it says. Then he went about the villages in circuit and he kept doing teaching. And it'll tell us later on, they had unbelief. Why? Dishonor. They could not honor Jesus because they treated him too common. That's just Mary's little boy. He was just the carpenter and they dishonored. So they had no ability to have faith. They were in unbelief, and God couldn't. Didn't say he wouldn't. He couldn't. Dishonor handcuffs the hands of God. It handcuffs the word of God. Now, that may sound heavy, but that's exactly what we just read. It repels faith from our life. It repels faith from working in our life. And one of the, one of the master key is honor. One of the keys under honor is faith. I just talked about grace. Everything is provided from God via grace. Salvation, healing, prosperity, joy, peace. It's all just a gift of grace. Just out of the goodness of God to those who cannot deserve it, God extends it. It's all out of God. It's in our direction. But the Bible says it's only received one way, faith. Faith receives what God provides by grace. But if we do not honor, we cannot receive we cannot receive blessing. We cannot receive favor. And it repels faith because faith is what is needed, right? To obtain blessing, to obtain favor. Uh, let's just put it this way. If you're in unbelief, you can't be saved. Because the Bible says, if you believe on him, you shall be saved. But if you cannot believe, you may hear the story of the gospel you may watch the story of the gospel. If you choose not to honor the message of the gospel, you cannot be saved. You have to honor it to be able to believe it. And there are many, many people who have chosen by faith to honor Jesus as Lord and Savior. But there are many who have chosen not to honor him as Lord and Savior and God, and therefore it's dishonored. They cannot be saved. That's the only sin God can't forgive. Did y'all hear that? That's what it means to blaspheme. To say you are not God's son, you are not savior. It's dishonor. 
But those who have chosen to hear the message of the gospel and honor him as Lord and Savior, he's, he's, he's made the God and Lord of their life. Lord means boss. Therefore comes the blessing of God. The Bible says, I think I referenced this a moment ago, in Galatians, that he became a curse that you could be blessed. What was the curse? The curse was separation from God, poverty, and sickness. And Jesus went to the cross, which was a symbol of a curse, became a curse, broke the curse, and he said, because of that, all spiritual blessing can now come into your life. But you have to honor it. You have to recognize it. Listen to this statement. Dishonor makes us faithless. Now, I want you to hear something. There are people who will preach, there are people who will preach, God doesn't heal today. They'll preach that in churches. It could be preached around here this morning. So unless someone walks into a miracle service, they're not gonna get healed because they were not taught the word of God. They cannot honor it, so they cannot receive it. If you are taught that he's a healer, and he is a healer, you can honor him as the healer that activates the blessing in your life. It activates faith in your life. But if I got up here and preach, God wants you poor every weekend, guess where your faith would be? Stay poor, stay broke, stay in poverty. If I got up here and say, God never heals, I could have never read you that testimony that I read you this morning. Because we honor him here as the healer, guess what? That's why you have those testimonies. Because we honor him here as, as the provider and the blessing, that's why you have those testimonies. That's why you have that testimony in your life. If we honor all spiritual blessing here, guess if we honor it, we can receive it. If I preach against it, you can't have faith toward it. And there are places that preach that wrong. They preach tradition. They preach religion. I'm not saying who they are. I don't even know who they are. I'm just saying we got to honor the words of God, the will of God, the ways of God. Right. I'm not going don't, to, don't, don't put your hand up on this. You may have sat in church for years and no one ever preached to you that God's a God of grace. That's what everybody tells me. I never heard about this grace stuff. I never heard about this faith stuff. I never heard about the favor of God. So there are Christians walking around, living their lives, trusting they're going to be blessed by fate or luck. If luck goes my way, you do not have to live by luck or fate. If you're a child of God, you live by the favor of God. And if you understand the words of Jesus and the ways of Jesus and the will of Jesus and you honor it, it attracts all these things to your life is my point this morning. Let me read you a last scripture. It's a little bit wordy. Isn't this good this morning? So face value, honor mom and dad. Principle, honor. Now let me get back to bring this home, and I want to hit you with something. Ready? Here we go. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 30, it says, There is a generation that curses its father, and it does not bless its mother. Okay. Who's that generation? Well, what's the Bible say? In the last days, men are just going to love themselves and disrespect their parents. It says that in 2 Timothy, okay? So it says, and there's a generation that's pure in its own eyes, but it isn't washed from its filthiness. And there's a generation, oh, how lofty are their own eyes. Their eyelids are lifted up. And there's a generation whose teeth are like swords and, and whose fangs are like knives. They devour the poor from the earth and the needy from among men. The leech has two daughters. Give and give. There are three things that are never satisfied. Four, never say enough. The grave, the barren womb, the earth is not satisfied with water, the fire that never says enough. The eye that mocks its father and scorns obedience to its mother. The ravens of the valley will pick it out and the young eagles will eat it. Here's what this scripture is all about. 
Here's a word that works. It's entitlement. There's a spirit of entitlement today because we've lost the spirit of honor. Did y'all get that? There is a spirit of entitlement today. It's that generation. The Bible says in the last days you're going to see it. We're going to be without honor to mom and dad, which means we're going to lose the principle of honor, and we're just about filling ourselves up. It's a principle of entitlement. It shouldn't be in the house of God. It shouldn't be in the life of a believer because we're humble people. We know the grace of God. We know the favor of God. We know the goodness of God, and we choose to what? Honor, which means we put weight on the things of God. Let's all stand to our feet. When I walked in this, this morning, someone said, don't hold back. So you can go see them. I wouldn't point them out uh, at all. Who told me to do that? <laughs> How many love the words of Jesus? Here's the deal. The word of God should empower you to live a blessed life. And sometimes the word of God corrects us. That's what God wants to do with the word. He wants it to direct us. He wants it to correct us. Because listen to me, God doesn't do what I'm about to tell you. He does not take your life and put disease on you to correct you. He doesn't take your car and run it over the hill to correct you. He takes his word and says, here's my word. Take it. Sometimes he uses leadership to just bring correction. You know why God gives you leadership? Because he loves you. That's why he does it. Mom and dad, why did you ever correct your kids? You love them. That's the reason God does it. But he doesn't do it in an unruly fashion. Some of you were taught that. That's wrong thinking. Hosea says, my people keep getting destroyed because they lack knowledge and revelation. How many know that's some revelation this morning? It set you up for life, and there's a promise for you. Long years. I told you this, I preach this, it actually, it actually says you have 120 years in your, in disbelief, that's what the Bible says, 120. But you don't get the 120 being full of dishonor. He says, in those years, long life, and things go well in those years. How many got something good this morning? If... Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church Podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com.